everyone knows how to play poker. 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 But do you know how to play poker well? Well, get ready to talk poker strategy with the people who run the games. Hear interviews with the stars. Get information on when to play, where to play, and how to play better poker. Poker. This is Poker Action Live, a weekly poker show with your hosts, Big Dave Lemon and Joe Rodriguez. And welcome once again, everybody. Big Dave Lemon, Joe Rodriguez here. And celebrating the end of the World Series of Poker, the new champion, Hossein Ensan from Germany, originally Iranian-born, but uh, lives in Germany. And he takes down the title. Head-to-head play goes up against Dario Sammartino. And I want to talk about that final. I, I got a chance to go back and watch it. I had taped. An all-international uh, final yeah. three, at least. Well, uh, yeah, Livingston is from Canada. Canada yeah, so... Uh, so Seems American almost. But, uh, <laughs> we can't claim him one of ours yeah, now. Come absolutely. On, so uh, really a good final night. They went down to the final th- three on uh, last Wednesday and finished things up uh, with a half-hour delay. I guess about. I guess they played about uh, I seven went, hours or something. All I know is well, I did the show from Clearwater <laughs> that I was on with you for half an hour. Right. By the time I got back, I was watching some of it, uh, and uh, as we were speaking right before we went on the air, I remember Dario went up against Pocket Kings uh, when Livingston, like, min-raised or something. He decided to call with a 10-6 and flopped a 6, turned a 10, or or vice versa. However, it went down, and, you know, that just spiraled Livingston out of there. Right. So by the time we got up to the room, uh, needless to say, being with my grandchildren, which one is in the studio with us now, and just drinking and having fun and catching a lot of sun, I could not watch it when they got up to head to head. Uh, head, to head. Uh, you know, and that started at about 12.30 Eastern time. Right. Ended at 4.30. Eastern time, so yeah. they played heads up for four hours. Wow. Yeah, it was great. It was uh, head-to-head play went, uh, let's see, went two, uh, about 100 hands, 101 hands. Uh, Alex Livingston, who actually took the lead at one point yeah. uh, and then lost it and went down to the, the small stack, eventually got eliminated. I want to take a look at a couple of hands, but there was a good, a po- a good point of the early point of the night that Ensign and Livingston were pretty close together, and Sam Martino was looking like he was going to be in, uh, heading out any second. Uh, he had like 50 million, and the other two guys had over 200 million chips. So uh, there was a lot of ebbs and flows. Uh, they interviewed Livingston after he got knocked out. He didn't even realize he actually took the chip lead just for a, a hand or two. cup of coffee, uh, 233 million to 231. So I want to run down a couple of hands because uh, he definitely, Livingston definitely made a mistake uh, that cost him big time uh, with the Pocket Kings. And I want to run around that hand and then a couple others, but it was very interesting that the the evening ended with Ensign with a Pocket, Pocket Kings. King. The two big hands, you know, three-handed and, and the final hand, obviously, as I mentioned to you, were Dario, you know, he he was able to beat Pocket Kings and and eventually lost to Pocket Kings. Right. You know, so um, again, that was me waking up and seeing it. Um, I now you say Livingston played his Pocket Kings very badly. Um, I, I don't say he. I, I think he could have put a little thought into it. Let me let me let's run down the hand and we'll talk okay. about it. But uh, the final numbers: eight thousand five hundred sixty-nine players. First prize was ten million, which is what Jose Nenson took home. Uh, San Martino wins six million. Alex Livingston wins five. The uh, probably the p- favorite of the fans uh, got knocked out the night before, and that was uh, Gary Gates, who uh, was the former uh, Poker News uh, reporter, and then has been working for Poker Stars for the last uh, nine or ten years. He ends up finishing in uh, fourth place, takes home three million. Actually, I think I, I yeah, think said Livingston made four million. Four million, million instead yeah. of five. Exactly. Not five, but uh, ten, six, four, three for the top four, and then on down from there. Uh, I don't know how much you got to see of the first couple of nights, but Kevin Maz really drew the ire of the poker community by needlessly tanking on almost every hand. I did not get a chance. I don't know if you heard that much about that. No, I did not. But on Twitter, they just roiled on him. It was uh, pretty pretty vicious. And he said that he was just playing deliberately and uh, wanted to think about things. But there seemed to be hands. There was 
I mean, even the announcers were just saying, you know, there's no way he can play this hand, and he would take three minutes and uh, finally fold. And uh, they kept saying, well, you know, he's got to fold his hand. There's no way he could play this hand. And, of course, he didn't. But a couple of times uh, they were wrong, and he maybe played a hand that maybe he shouldn't have. But um, he was probably the least experienced player at the final table. And when did he get eliminated? He got eliminated in uh, fifth place for... Made two point two million. You can't scoff at that. No, no, you can't. Anyway, uh, I want to talk a little bit about the tournament. Uh, as for the other numbers, uh, uh, overall for the series, really did very well and were up quite a bit. Uh, uh, really, kind of almost getting to the point back in two thousand six before the first UIGEA. Yeah, that would be wonderful. As it was, it was as it, it was ascending up to 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 the peaks that that we were expecting. That it would continue to grow from there, and then obviously that hit. Then they, you know, then we had the the black, uh, you know, the black April Friday. Black Friday, April fifteenth. Uh, what has it been about eight years now, Dave? Eight uh, years on that? Was it on the eleventh? Nine, I think. It was two thousand two thousand eleven. Eleven, so eight so eight, uh, years. eight years. Eight plus. Yep. So you know. It's nice to see that those numbers are growing. It really uh, is. The main attendance, here's the here's the graph I can show it to you from afar, and that's what it looks like over the last uh, 13 years. But the high was uh, the Jamie Gold year where they had 8,773, uh, dropped way off after the UIGEA down to 6,300, and then uh, went up a little bit for a couple of years and back down, and then this year was the second largest main event of all time. Last year's was the third largest, and then uh, the year before that was the fifth largest. So, uh, seems to be a very positive sign moving forward for the WSOP, and uh, a nice trend. And of course, some of that goes with uh, these online sites, uh, WSOP Nevada and WSOP in New Jersey, putting in over 150 players with direct satellites. So uh, that helps out a lot. But there's here's some numbers from overall average per tournament. Uh, 2016 was just under 5,000. Then it went to 5,200 in 2017. 5,700 last year, and this year over 6,000. 6,110 was the average for the tournament. So uh, the economy's good, and uh, it was kind of funny. They showed the stock market and how it's gone, and the uh, the main event uh, basically... Has followed along. Yeah, followed right, right along. Uh, riding right along its coattails. Way. Yeah, absolutely. There you go. So we'll talk about a few other things tonight. Uh, Pennsylvania uh, online gaming is now uh, a fact, but no online poker yet. That's still to come, and they don't have an exact time frame for that. They had hoped to be started by February, or I'm sorry, July 15th, but they have not gone online yet. Uh, the online casinos have launched, uh, including big places like Parks and uh, Sugar House, and some of those outside of Philadelphia. Uh, are online and, and moving forward, but uh, no online poker yet, although Poker Stars uh, looks to be a major player in the state, and we'll see what happens. So, uh, We'll look at a few other stories tonight, but uh, I want to spend some time um, looking at a couple of hands, and uh, I guess we'll start with um, the big hand where uh, um, Livingston took the, actually took the chip lead at hand 170. They okay. started at 121. So about 50 hands in, uh, Livingston took the chip lead, and San Martino was down to 50, 50 million uh, chips to 233, 231 for the top guys. So San Martino fought back, and uh, I thought, what was your general impression of how he played? Well, again, not having watched him until that particular crazy hand that kind of propelled him you know he was riding a momentum once he beat those pocket kings that Livingston had it looked like he almost had no looking back and when they started I I know that he actually I saw that he had taken the chip lead on on Ensign and um I, at that point, I honestly thought he was going to win. Yeah. You know, the, you know, the, the, it you figured like the, he was the better player. Well, not only that, I mean, the poker gods, you know, everything, everything was falling for him. You know, having, you know, beaten the pocket kings, getting it all in, getting his opponent to call, and that it held up. Um, you know, uh, I, you know, I'm a firm believer in those uh, scenarios that. Cards start running your way, and obviously he was the more experienced of the three finalist right. players. So, you know, if you couldn't keep your neck, you know how they say, if you can't keep your foot on somebody's neck, a good player when they're uh, your foot on their neck and take them out, you know, 
they get a second breath, you know, a second chance, they're they're going to be there. And to be honest with you, once he won that hand, again, I, I went to bed just as they were coming to play heads up. I guess I brought the money out and everything else. And I saw him hugging um, uh, Livingston, I guess, when he got eliminated. I just assumed he was going to win this because things were just going his way. He was the more experienced and better player. But, uh, you know, we also have to give a lot of credit to the winner. He played solid throughout the tournament. And all I know is he played solid poker from uh, that Friday night that I worked last Friday uh, that I closed, that we were trying to get to that final table. You know, I thought he played very, very well. You know, maintained once, once he started getting separation on his chip stack. At that point, I believe when they got to the final table, he had a two-to-one lead over second place, and um, I thought he played very solid poker. Uh, reminded me a little bit of Joe McKeon that year when McKeon finally took the chip lead and just kind of held a stranglehold. And McKeon kind of never, never even came close. I don't believe, if my memory serves me right, of any of the other players getting yeah, getting right getting within that. you know uh, a very close distance while. Edson, at two different points, had dropped from the chip leader, you know, below three-handed and then two-handed, and still kept his composure and uh, wound up winning the the tournament. So, you know, nothing but major props for him. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Let's talk about the hand (coughs) where uh, Livingston uh, lost a good bit of his chips. Uh, He had, uh, let's see, going into that hand, he had... 192 million. Uh, Ensign with uh, 224, and San Martino with just 97. Okay. So that hand comes out, and uh, let's see. I'll give you exactly. So he had he was two to one against San Martino at that point. Is that the Kings versus the 10-6 hand? Yes. Uh, okay. Okay. The, uh, Livingston had pocket Kings, and San Martino had 10-6. Right. Offsuit. And I believe San Martino was the big blind. Uh, I don't know about that. Okay. But either he was the big <coughs> blind or under the gun and took a min raise and uh, you got re-raised. Well, Livingston, raised to take to it raised, Livingston was on the button, raised to $5.5 million. Mm-hmm. San Martino called. Then uh, San Martino checked and... Livingston went ahead and bet five million on the flop, That's which where was his, that, which was a little with half of the pot, maybe I believe forty yeah, percent yeah. of the pot. Right, that could have been his problem there. Well, the flop was uh, queen six four two hearts. Um, he did have the king of hearts, so he's starting to look at that as well. But San Martino had uh, ten of spades and six of diamonds. So, uh, obviously, uh, the, the Kings still look good. Uh, San Martino has uh, paired up his six. But on the, on, the, on the turn, it was a ten of clubs. Right. And I don't know if it didn't just hit him, but a lot of times you just fall in love when you get aces or kings and you just think you're so powerful that you don't see the other hands out there that can possibly beat you, I, would be my thought. Well, you know, my thinking is... He raised, he made a, a a very small continuation bet after the flop, and I don't know if he thought he was setting this guy up for him to try to steal the pot from him, because he did make a sizable bet. Yeah, 23 of, million on the turn. On the, no, on, yeah, on the turn. And then this guy raised them all in at that point, if I'm not mistaken. That's correct. And at that point, you've got to be thinking, wow, he's going to risk his tournament life you know, and a million dollar step up. You got to sit there and, and analyze that hand a little bit quicker. Yeah, you got to think he, he, he didn't. He, it was a, pretty no, much a snap he, Yeah, call. exactly. I was just going to say he didn't take. I don't think more than five or ten seconds. Which is what he said a, in his post uh, knockout interview. He said, "I really should have taken a couple of minutes to think about that hand a little." Why would I this didn't. guy push that hard? Right. So did that ten hit him? Did he have queen ten in his hand? Um, you know, uh, you, uh, analyzing that hand, yeah, it would have sucked to lose 30-something million, but you're still at 160-something or 150-something million well within range of, you know, being the champion and, and doubling up and, you know, her, 
either knocking one of your opponents out or hurting uh, uh, Ensign with that amount of chips. I think you're right. I think he fell in love with that hand. He 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 wanted to will it to win, and and unfortunately, you know. Uh, he he couldn't, you know. Yeah. He was trailing. Uh, the river was jack of clubs, by the way. No help for the kings, and the two pair of uh, San Martino puts up a big double that changes everything completely. Obviously, uh, Ensign is two hundred eighteen million. San Martino jumps to one hundred eighty-two million from seventy-nine, and Livingston drops to one fourteen. So things aren't over, but he really never recovered from that, which you can kind of expect, I guess. Yeah, you know, uh, again, not having seen, you know, how he started his spiral, but that obviously had to be the big one. Right. You know, because he had had the chip lead earlier, slightly, like you said, for a cup of coffee, but still, he was he was at the top of the leaderboard, him and Ensign fighting, it, uh, I would imagine, for a while, within a few million of each other. Right. Until, you know, he started uh, to spiral downward, and, you know, yeah, I honestly believe that that hand, when Dario won that hand... And got up to that many chips that he was obviously the better player of the three, the more experienced and better player. But I just figured, you know, the uh, poker gods were on his side at that point because he started the three-way play, I believe, which was only $67 million. You know, he was a good four, five to one underdog right. to to the chip leader. Now, you, now after that hand, you know, you're you're within about. Fifteen percent of you know your chip stack to his, and um, again I couldn't stay up for it. I was just too tired after all day of being with my family on the beach, and be honest with you, I smiled and, and laughed a little bit when I saw that he had got knocked out with pocket kings. <laughs> I said, you know, fate, you know, fate's a bitch, you know, yeah, right, uh, right. The, the, you know, the kings. Gave it and uh, and obviously at the very end took it away from him. So, well on hand 190, just like 11 hands later, uh, Mar- San Martino takes the chip lead, uh, Livingston down to just 66 million. The other two were up at 228 and 220 respectively. Uh, and 10 hands after that, Livingston's finally eliminated when he had Ace Jack. It goes up against Ace Queen. Uh, he shoved pre flop, and there was there was a Jack on the on the flop. Which was great for him, but there was also a queen. Oh. And then uh, River, in turn, did nothing for him, and that left us head-to-head. Uh, $279 million for Hossein Ensan and Dario San Martino at 235 So they went head-to-head then, and then would play for approximately four hours. So we'll take a look at the finish of that when we come back. Let's take our first break on the show. Listening to Poker Action Line, we hope you stick around. Listen to all the show tonight. We'll talk a little bit about... Uh, player of the year race, who uh, stands where, and uh, stuff still to come. So uh, uh, Pennsylvania is also uh, online for casinos, but not yet for poker. So we'll talk about that a little more as well. But we'll be back after these messages right here on Poker Action Line. This is Poker Action Line. This is Big Dave for PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Want to know what's really cool? Your charitable tax-deductible donation every time you play. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com, the feel-good gateway to fun and prizes. Play free. Learn our system. Get 50,000 free chips and play for prizes. Play for scholarships that benefit Caribbean students. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Take it from Big Dave. A win for you is a donation to Caribbean education. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. You are round MVP. Yeah, man. Yo, Drew, I finally got round MVP. Round MVP. (laughs) No way. That was some ownage. It's a good thing you got me as your wingman. Right. You mean when you threw that flash grenade at me? Whatever, man. Huge round. Seriously, great stuff. Finally earning round MVP takes determination. So will getting into college. I've got what it takes. All right, class. I'm going to pass back your test. And a high score goes to Brian. Oh, oh, yeah. High score, baby. We're all 
all good at something. Maybe it's breakdancing or skateboarding or video games. Whatever you're good at, you have the skills to make it happen. And those same skills will help you get to college. Visit knowhowtogo.org to learn what you should be doing right now to prepare for college. Start taking the steps at knowhowtogo.org. I've got what it takes. So do you. Brought to you by the American Council on Education, Lumina Foundation, and the Ad Council. WFO Radio, NHRA Nitro, is all about the NHRA Drag Racing Series. Featuring the NHRA's Alan Reinhardt. Race winners stop by to talk about bringing home the Wally. Every Tuesday night, following NHRA national events, NHRA Nitro is available on demand anytime on the WFO radio application and at WFORadio.com. Welcome back to the show. Big Dave and Joe talking World Series of Poker Final Table. Uh, Hossein Ensign of Germany, uh, the world champion, takes home $10 million and a bracelet. Uh, it was kind of funny. There was one hand that was very interesting to me um, where there was head-to-head play and there was a big decision to be made. Um, it was at uh, hand 233, so about 33 hands into, into, the uh, into head-to-head play. Okay. Uh, Hossein uh, went into the hand leading uh, $299 million to 216. Uh, there was ace, queen, jack on the flop, uh, two hearts, uh, nine on the turn, and Hossein was holding 10-8 offsuit. So he had, f- he had flopped, uh, right, he had turned the straight, right. was holding the straight. Um, San Martino had ace, six offsuit. So, so he had, he had flopped, flopped the ace, uh, but there was, a, there was a, after the nine on the turn, um, there was a big bet by um, um, San Martino, I think 15 million, and Hossein raised him to 45 million. So big decision to make. Uh, San Martino trying to decide whether he's going to continue to play, uh, take advantage. Uh, would have been disastrous, but both the rails. I don't know. You didn't get to see too much of it, so you didn't get the color of that. But uh, both rails were very loud. The Super Dario fans behind him and Hossein with his group. And they were making a lot of noise, and, and uh, you could see that San Martino was really struggling with uh, with the decision. And they were making a lot of noise, and Hossein actually just went, Hey! And, and made a motion at his rail, just and just everything went dead silent. Uh, so he really had control of his group and, and knew that San Martino needed a little time to think it over. And eventually San Martino did fold, but... Uh, uh, that led Hossein to a two-to-one ship lead, which he would never lose after that. Uh, but I thought that was pretty interesting. That he had control. Well, listen, you know. <laughs> I mean, it was great sportsmanship. Uh, you know, you, you you figure if you don't say anything, maybe he gets shook and uh, makes the wrong decision. But uh, Well, you're hoping he makes the wrong decision there. The wrong decision was a call there. Right. Because he had no outs to help him even tie that hand. He He was down... He was out of it no matter what. His two worst cards would have been an ace or a six, thinking that he had top, you know, a set, uh, you know, trips. So um, I think by him shutting up his crowd, as soon as you told me that, that, that to me in Dario's position, at least the way I look at it, would have told me to fold my hand. Yeah, that he wanted a call. That he wanted a call, that he wanted me to get relaxed and make a call there. You know, so um, I think I think it would have been better served if he had told his people by listen. <laughs> if I raise my hand, just keep it quiet. Yeah. You know, but again, I hadn't seen that, so I, you know, I'm just commenting on your comment right, right okay. now. Uh, if you wonder if San Martino ever took the lead, uh, he did. Uh, it was on uh, the second hand after Livingston was eliminated. It was a very big hand where uh, Hossein had Jack Nine. And there was a jack on the flop, a nine on the turn. Uh, San Martino was holding ace nine. So it looked very much like uh, uh, Ensign was going to take his lead, but uh, there was an ace on the river, a big card for uh, San Martino. And he ended up uh, picking up the chips to take the lead. Anyway, 
they uh, there was about a two to one chip lead for Hossein. I want to get down to the end of this thing, but they went like uh, two hundred or two hours more after that point, and it was about four thirty in the morning our time, one thirty out there, when uh, Hossein had a chip lead of three forty five million to one sixty nine. Uh, he he got the pocket kings as you talked about. Um, and again, uh, I questioned you on this, and you think that uh, San Martino wasn't completely out of line. He had ace-four suited, a couple of spades, and he played the hand. Uh, he checked first, and uh, after the 11 million, uh, called the 11 million. Uh, the flop was 10 of spades, 6 of spades, 2 of diamonds, so now there's 4 spades out on the board. Um uh, the turn was a nine of clubs, and San Martino checked. Ensign bid uh, $33 million, and that was when San Martino shoved his final $140 million. I Which, guess there's nothing wrong with that, really, because if he, if he doubles up, if he wins the hand, he has a, he has a dual draw. He has both a spade and draw an and, the, and the straight draw. What? No, he didn't have a straight draw. No, he has 8-4 suited, and the flop was... 8-4 or ace-4? 8-4. I understood you saying ace-4. No, 8-4. Oh, okay. Okay, That changes. Now, do you still think that's that's a play? Listen, you know, your head's up as a play, because you kept asking me. I understood you to say ace-4. Oh, yeah, ace-4 is a good thing. No, well, at this point, the 9 was a great card for him because it gives him the wraparound. Right. Um... If his opponent had ace king, it still allows him to have two other live cards. But he's got the flush and the wrapper, and, and not the wrap around the, uh, the gunshot. He, he needs seven. a seven for the straight, or he needs a spade. spade. So he so he actually had twelve outs at that point. I he put I believe he put the 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 again. I I don't know what his thought process was on what he put his opponent on, but his opponent. This to me was an e a quicker. An easier call to call with the pocket kings as opposed to Livingston when when the ten hit, you know, because this looks very smelly. Like you know, like okay, you sit there. There's none of those hands could have that that nine could not have helped him like that. Yeah, with the way the flop came, you know, the 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 ten hitting on the turn and and the pre you know earlier when they were three handed, like you said, you sit down there and think about that hand. You know, you could easily convince yourself that he had a queen ten. As it turns, he had a queen uh, ten six in that three-handed play. Here, I got the pocket kings. I'm thinking, you know, he's got a straight draw. I just gave him a straight draw. He he thinks I've got two big cards, and I don't see anything wrong on either on either player's right. side. To be you honest, you think uh, after have played so long that maybe he he looked very tired, uh, San Martino. Do you think that any any very easily could have, yeah. you know, it could have been, hey, I need to double up because either way I'm I'm fading, and so either I take my shot here, or, you know, it just seems like when you're looking for a shot, I think eight four suited is not really the place to get out of line. No, but remember, you know, if you keep folding those those blinds, your opponent's going to consistently put all that pressure on you. Yeah, you know. Uh, well, just remember, you know the you know the dolly hand, right? You know what the right. dolly hand is? Ten deuce. Ten deuce. So, uh, think about it. Would you prefer playing a ten deuce or an eight four suited? Eight four suited, you have straight draws as, as opposed to a ten deuce. Right. So, you know, when your head's up, Dave, it's just about just about any two cards. You have to play just about any two cards. Yeah, probably so. So, you know, uh, I don't see a problem with that. Um, the flop, the flop, not to say the flop hit him, but it hit two spades. So at that point, you're almost getting pot committed. You're calling whatever Betty's making, and now the nine just gave you three additional outs because the seven of spades would have given you the flush anyway. Right. So now it's giving you three additional outs. You're assuming that nine did not help your your opponent, which it didn't. Right. Okay. But the same part on the sun side, on the same side. He can't assume that that nine helped, you know, his opponent. And I would, like I said, once you called with that eight four and saw the flop, I don't think any uh, anything was out of line after that. I, I think the result would have, the only difference would have been, um, 
you know, maybe not pushing all in. But at that point, there's enough committed in that pot that if you hit it, you're right back in that game. So Yeah, exactly. Well, that that completely changes the chip lead then. All of a sudden, instead of being way down, exactly. Yeah, now you, it's almost because it was almost 2-1 to one yeah. to start before that hit. Right. So now it reverses two to one in your favor. Right. Exactly. So you know that's all that, that that's all I could think of there. Once you made the call with eight four suited, and I don't see any issues with him making that call eight four suited. You know you, you you can't sit around and wait when you're two to one underdog in chips. You know for aces and hope your opponent decides to put 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 uh, call your stack going in there. So you have to play it like that. He's the better player. He's figuring if I call with any two cards, I can outplay him after the flop. And in this particular case, you know, he caught the two spades. Yeah. So and, and I'm, then, uh, I'm sure at that the, point. The river, I, by the way, was a queen of clubs put, that helped nothing. Well, and, and put it this way. I have a feeling regardless if if either one had pushed on the flop before the turn, it still would have gotten all in for both players, in my opinion. Right. You know, um, his... If he had decided to go all in on the t- on the flop, he may have had uh, Hussein thinking that once again he might have, you know, hit two two pairs, but he didn't bet it out that last time. So his you know his his mo wasn't for him to push that hard. If he had pushed that hard, Hussein would have probably figured out he's on a flush draw, you know, maybe even a straight you know a, a, a straight and a flush draw, which wasn't the case until the turn until the nine hit. So. Hussein would have had to make a, a tough call. Do I do I try to fade two spades? Uh, right. You know, a spade on two cards. That might have been a tough call for him. With one card to come, you know, to me, it's it's you can't even think about it anymore. Right. Uh, did you get a chance to see much of the broadcast and evaluate any of that? Not really, Dave. Because remember, as we spoke last Wednesday, I was watching the action. I remember watching it a little more intently as. As we got to, you know, 14, 15 people, and people were asking me, you know, people in the room asking, I go, well, look, you know, the prize pool is this. Now, you're, you know, they're, they're, they're struggling. I remember it took like six, seven hours to get from 13 to the final 10. Right. And then it only took a few minutes or a couple of hands to get from 10 to the final nine. Right. You know, so, you know, and I didn't see huge chip swings. So we discussed... How, you know, in last week's show, how uh, was it Nick Shulman who made those comments? Right. And, he, and they did not bring him back, by the way. They did not. No. Phil Helmuth was on the, on the desk. Oh, that's right. I did see Phil Helmuth, Maria Ho, Maria and, Ho and, and uh, Kara Scott. And Kara Scott. Okay. And then on live broadcast, it was, uh, of course, Norm and, and, uh, and uh, Lon, which you know what you're getting there. And then Jamie Kerstetter did a tremendous job as the third person in the live booth. So I thought she really made a name for herself with some great commentary. Okay, well, unfortunately, no. In the poker room, we don't have the volume up on that. So I did not see it. I heard the comments. I believe um, when it was going to start three-handed that uh, uh, Maria Holt took the eventual winner, the chip leader, Hussein, and... Uh, Phil took uh, Dario, right, and it looked like he was going to be right. Obviously, especially you know as, as they started going, that was uh, that's what I got to see some of the commentary there, leading up to before you know the start of uh, three-handed play. So, no, unfortunately, I could not you know really gauge uh, the the players uh, or the commentary team on those things. Well, it, things move on uh, both around the country, around the world, and here in South Florida. So we'll let you know that uh, the WPT Gardens series out in Los Angeles is underway. The Gardens Poker Festival uh, kicks off for the uh, WPT, and they are playing on uh, heading down to the final table there. Right now there are seven players left. Uh, Maria Ho, a deep run in this one, and uh, finished in eighth place, uh, just outside making her second final table in a row. Uh, Nippon Java went out in tenth. And they are down now to see to the final six. Cord Garcia made the final table. He is fifth in chips. Uh, first is Lior Orell, and second, Roger Tesca. So they will play uh, on to the final after that. And then they'll be about a month off before uh, Deep Stacks will take place in New York. And then uh, at the end of August will be the Legends of Poker. 
And, of course, down here, the Seminole Hard Rock Poker Open, which is not affiliated with the WPT, gets underway the first week of August. Uh, here we are in the um, latter part of July, and right now there's a tournament going on at the Isle Casino, the Florida State Poker Championships. Uh, event number two just finished uh, last night, I guess it was, or possibly the night before, but uh, Paul Smearden of Oakland Park was the winner of that one. That was just a $130 buy-in, but they had almost 2,000 entries, 1,916 over there, 100,000 guarantee for that one. Uh, Daryl Sales of St. Louis was second. Frank uh, Margaglione from Boca finished in third. Sarah Osme of Aventura in fourth, and Nigel Murray was in fifth place uh, to finish things up. He's from Miami Gardens. Uh, a lot of our local players uh, doing very well over there. Lou Stadler, who's been a guest in this show, uh, runs the Miami Poker Society. A uh, nice deep run in 20th place. And a few other people. I saw Michael May cashed in that one, former uh, employee of the Gulfstream Casino. And uh, Nancy Thomas uh, cashed in that one. And our friend Ray Millard also uh, doing pretty well. Uh, not a huge cash, but he did cash. Uh, he's from Davie. So uh, that tournament goes on, and their, uh, their uh, main event starts up this weekend. So I'll probably be heading over for some of that. Uh, the main event, I think, is a $1,500 buy-in. So looking forward to that, and we'll keep an eye on all that stuff for you. Uh, let's take another break here on the show. When we come back, we'll talk a few other things. Uh, Maurice Hawkins back in the news, not in a good, for a good reason. <laughs> a few other things uh, going on, and uh, we'll let you know what's headed uh, for us at the Seminole Hard Rock Poker Open, which is just around the corner as well. So let's take a break. We'll be back with more congratulations to the new world champion, Hossein Ensign of Germany, who wins $10 million at the World Series of Poker. We'll be back to talk more poker when we come back here right after these messages. This is Poker Action Line. Hi, this is Big Dave from PokerActionLineRadio.com. I want to let all avid poker players know about a great new lottery game that was developed by one of our sponsors, Atlantic West Management Group. This game is now available worldwide on the Internet and will be served as Place Your Chips Caribbean and operated on the Internet as an international lottery by Atlantic West. The Texas Hold'em poker-like game is perfectly legal everywhere and presented as a lottery game with tickets available on the Internet. You can win pick six lottery tickets and cash prizes by using your poker playing skills. It's open to lottery players worldwide, and right now this game is in a play-for-free test mode, and you are not obligated to purchase anything. You can get 50,000 free play chips per ticket for the purpose of evaluating the game with no prizes awarded until the game goes live. The lottery customer can purchase a ticket with a unique number that will grant them entry into one of many Texas Hold'em poker tables with a chip stack and like a lottery game, the prize value will be based on ticket sales. That chip stack will be valid for the remainder of the week as players can access the site as often as they like to try and take the chip lead. At the end of the week, the highest chip stacks will be awarded lottery prizes, and if you lose all your chips, the lottery ticket becomes null and void. As with regular lottery games, you can purchase as many entries as you like. However, each ticket stands on its own merit, and much like the regular lottery, the results of multiple tickets cannot be combined toward a prize. The name of this game is Place Your Chips Caribbean, you can access a live demonstration of the game right now at www.placeyourchipscaribbean.com. We believe that when it goes live soon, there will be a heavy demand for this game, as most lottery players would much rather have some say in the outcome of their lottery result. The odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the Play for Free demonstration, and hope that you will join us when the Play for Real game becomes available. Hey, how you doing? This is Joe Walsh. I'm speaking on behalf of Rad. It's okay to rock and roll, right? But don't drive home drunk. If you're drunk, call me up. I have a limo. I'll come and get you. Service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. And welcome back to the show. Big Dave and Joe talking poker here uh, on the at the conclusion of, of this year's World Series event. Really nice turnout. A lot of great champions. There was quite a few... Uh, trophies down the stretch given away and uh, last week we talked about some of the big names that had won some stuff. Uh, Anthony Zeno picked up a trophy. Nick Schulman 
uh, got a trophy as well. Uh, not a lot of really big names in the last couple of days, but uh, there was some interesting stuff happening, and uh, we were following it throughout, and uh almost seems like it went on forever. I mean, there were so many events. It was still the same period of time, but kind of crazy how much was uh, happening at, at the same time. Yeah, well, you know, the, the increase was, what, from 79 to 90 this year, something like that, from yeah. last year to this year? right. You know, that's more than 10% more of those hands. You're looking at actually 15% higher tournaments. You're right. It did feel like it took forever, you know, And uh, but it is the same time frame. You know, kudos to the people over there at the Rio and putting on this incredible, incredible event year after year. And to be honest, as a poker room manager, as a director... The problems have been, for the most part, minor. And anything that has been a little above minor, they've been able to get on it and take care of it right away. No, that's that's true. That's you know, true. and, and they've, they've addressed over the years the issues that players have had, issues that they've had with cards. Um, you know, we've heard complaints about dealers. I'm sure, you know, people ask me, how the heck do they get all these things? And I tell them, I go, listen, I, I can't imagine... That all of their dealers and how many you know how many more they they hire for these for these events, but you know sometimes it's just a warm body that can throw cards. They 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 unfortunately may not be the best trained dealers at the moment. Not to say they can't become good dealers, but um, somehow they're able to weather all of that and make the experience a little bit better for the players year 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 after year while adding events. Um, you know, again, t- this is mind-boggling for me, Dave, to think right. of putting on no an question. event like this. And I've mentioned on the show before, I don't have any, any statistics to back this up or facts, but my guess is they're going to probably take about a month off to relax and rest. And then my guess would be you start making whatever plans you're having for the following year because at that point you're looking at what? Nine months, nine and a half months, right, you know, and, exactly. and you and you can't even believe that it's that short of a period of time. Well, I I think uh, they made some really good moves in adding these late events. That after a lot of people have been eliminated, instead of just leaving town, they stuck around to play. There was actually a five thousand uh, dollar no limit hold'em uh, event, the final event, uh, which was event uh, eighty nine. Uh, Ninety was that one that they added the high roller. But uh, Carl Shaw won it from the United Kingdom, and Tony Dunst finished second. Uh, Phil Helmuth finished sixth. And a lot of players, the big-name players that uh, made it very late into the tournament included Joe Cotta, uh, Mike Mattiso, uh, Michael the Grinder Mizraki, and Kristen Bicknell, Jonathan Little, and uh, David ODB Baker. So a lot of big-name players stuck around. And then we're around to be on the rail for a lot of these other people and uh, make some commentary and do some interviews. And that's the big uh, tournament, but they had a few other ones after that, they did. right? You well, know, that was the last one. That was the 5,000. But, 000. you know, somebody must have mentioned, you know, you know, there's still a lot of people around. And, you know, once we start eliminating these, you know, we're going to eliminate six, seven, eight hundred people. You know, why not try to try to keep some of that money in town, have another tournament you're not only going to be raking that tournament, obviously, as whatever the entry fee is, but you're going to be getting the live games from that, you know, revenue from that live game, more rooms being booked, food, you know, all the other all the other aspects of, you know, six, seven, eight hundred, a thousand people hanging around, and you know, they figured this out right. Like I said, kudos to them. They've, to me, they've just been doing a wonderful job going forward. Um, and I know that you mentioned a couple of weeks ago that uh, it's for sale, right? The uh Yeah, in fact, uh, there appears to be some kind of merger set between Caesars and uh, El Dorado. Which, which owns the Isle down. down here, and they own a lot of uh, casinos in uh, Shreveport and Bossier City there in Louisiana and a few others around the country. But uh, they are becoming a big player as far as uh, major companies. But looks like the Caesars is, uh, even this new uh, merged company is planning on getting rid of a couple of uh, strip uh, hotels that they own. And uh, Phil Ruffin, who uh, is the new uh, owner of Which my, is my boss, my, my, my owner there. there he's talking about picking up one of these uh, big hotels, possibly uh, 
Caesars or uh, a couple other you know entre- entities out there. So there a lot of stories are uh, making the rounds on that. Also, Tilson Fertitta, uh, the owner of the Houston Rockets, is uh, he was one of the ones that was in uh, in discussions to to purchase uh, the Rio at one point, and he is now possibly going to get involved in uh, one of these strip casinos or strip uh, properties. So they're going to kind of break it into smaller pieces. Yeah, exactly. So, okay. And, and who knows where, that, where the series ends up. That's now. exactly what Yeah, That was going to be my next question, if you had any idea. No, I, I don't. Um, you know, we'll, have, we'll just have to see how it shakes out. But uh, certainly they are a major player in, uh, in Vegas and, and will continue to do so, no question. All right, well, well, like we always say, there's really nothing much to talk about anymore. In <laughs> WSLP is over. Well, one of the things is uh, Pennsylvania, which is now online for uh, casino gambling, but not for online poker. And basically, uh, they were hoping to open by July 15th. The word is, is that uh, peer-to-peer gaming is more complicated than casino play, and they need more time to work the kinks out. So, uh, obviously, there's... Uh, you know, some struggles there to get that online. There's been uh, no date talked about now. They say it will be indefinitely delayed. Uh, there was an uh, interview with uh, the spokesman for the Pennsylvania Gaming Control Board who said that there was one operator that was ready to go for poker, and as soon as some of the other operators are ready, they would do so. But uh, they have not ruled that out yet. So uh, we're still waiting on that one. Well, I... Like I said, I wonder how long it's going to take for that decision. We'll take some time, no question. Uh, the other one I wanted to mention was uh, the Maurice Hawkins situation. Yeah, you said it wasn't in a positive frame. It was a not. Surprise, he huh? had a uh, <laughs> he had a poker room backer, a North Carolina restaurateur named Randy Garcia, and he's been waiting for money. He says for quite some time, over a hundred thousand for two years, the last two years, and has proof of. Uh, that Maurice owes this. Uh, Maurice keeps telling him, be patient, but has cash for over a million dollars over, be the, patient. He's over not, the last couple of years. I, listen, you owe me 100000 and you've been collecting on these paychecks. Uh, you know, be patient would be followed by me being told that by something that I can't mention on the air or in front of my grandson. <laughs> so anyway, uh, he said he's waited for two years, kept it out of the out of the public eye because of respect for Maurice, hoping he would have some integrity and be a man of his word. He says, clearly he has no respect for me, so he's filed a lawsuit to try to collect. Uh, la- latest word was that they were talking about uh, some sort of settlement or some sort of uh, Now, this case. guy backed Maurice Hawkins? Yes. Now, now here's the question. I wonder if he continued to back him until he hit one because, you know, I don't know what the agreements were, but, um, you know, it's something that I would, you know, that I would, hey, what was, like he said, was he saying I'm going to pay you back even if you don't continue to put me into tournaments? Yeah, I guess. I mean, I don't know what the arrangement is there. Well, eventually at some point he said no more money uh, and cut cut him off. So uh, I don't know how long that's been. But uh, he didn't start backing him, I think, until for 2017. So uh, let's see if I can find the date. He started in March of 2017 for 50% of his action. And he said he did well for me first. Then in May, before the World uh, Series of Poker this year, he came in third at a WSOP circuit event after being the chip leader with only a handful of people left. And the next day I got a message that he had lost our entire bankroll playing blackjack because he was depressed and in a casino alone. So he said he was kind. Uh, you know, he said to, basically he, he gave him a lot of uh, leeway and eventually uh, drew the line and filed this lawsuit back in May. So uh, we'll see what happens. Maurice says that they are actually talking. Uh, Garcia actually sent an email to Poker News and asked him not to run this story uh, because he was in the process of reaching an agreement with Hawkins. But uh, Poker News uh, declined his request and ran the story. So we'll, we'll see what's happened. And he says, uh, uh, my that, lawsuit... That leads, that leads to a lot more serious question if he dropped all that kind of money because he felt depressed and alone in a, in a, yeah, in a casino. You know, his, his job is to... Excuse, tra- huh? Well, if it's a legitimate excuse, you know, 
being that I've been involved in gambling and I've you know been around all types of it and People all the problems that. and everything else, um, you know, we know Maurice has a family, and you know, that, that's a serious. Believe it or not, Dave, that's a real serious problem if you can't hold on to $100,000 because you feel depressed and alone in a casino. Yeah. That, you know, that that just that's just red flags for everywhere unless it's a poor excuse. But if that happens to be a, a, a correct excuse that that really did happen, then there's other problems. And my thinking is it might end that way because the person wanted to retract the story, you know. Yeah. He didn't want them to run it. Because once this comes out, I'm, I guarantee you, I'm not the only one who's thinking that way. Maurice is not going to pay. No, it's not that he's not going to pay. It's that he has a serious problem. Yeah, right. It's that he has a serious problem. Um, they're making arrangements for it, but, you know, we we always love to talk. He loves to be the, the bad boy, you know, and but, you know, the man has a family you know, that loves him, uh, I'm sure, very much that he loves. And, again, if if your statement was correct... That you blew that kind of money on blackjack because you were depressed and alone in a casino, that that's yeah, that's, that's a, a lot thing. more serious problems than than just not paying somebody back a hundred thousand. Well, it reminds me a little bit of the story with the Chino Reem who uh, hit that one big tournament of and the, everyone, uh, everyone everyone followed everyone, him, everyone followed know. up to the window when he was uh, collecting his one million dollar prize because he had their hands out for money they had coming. And back. he's won, as we well know, he's won tournaments because we mentioned it how he. He fell behind in the ring chase, and now is the ring leader again, if I'm not mistaken. Well, that's Maurice. I'm talking about Chino Reem. Uh, no, no, yeah, but what I'm saying is no one Maurice chased. Maurice is now the chip. No one, no one chased. Like, this gentleman wasn't at the windows waiting right. for him to cash right. like they Maurice were Maurice is the ring leader with 13. So, you know, Chino was asking a lot of people for money, and, you know, whatever excuse, let me tell you, <laughs> again, one of the funniest things is when people used to see me and, and they knew that I had money from all the different things that I was doing. And I'd always tell them, listen, I don't lend any money in the casino. Well, the reason I bring it up is because the Borgata has a lawsuit against Phil Ivey, which they won. And they are owed $10 million from Ivey. So uh, they were watching very closely the World Series of Poker because Phil was back there playing in different tournaments and had a very deep run in the Poker Players Championship. Uh, before having a very bad last day and busting out in eighth place, but he won 124,000 uh, in that one, and immediately uh, the Borgata is pouncing on that. Uh, they had sent a note to, uh, I guess, the uh, World Series of Poker Brass that that they were wanted to collect money if he won anything. So they are, uh, it's kind of up in the air, but it looks like that well, money that, that's owed to that Ivy. makes that makes the explanation as to why he's playing, uh, you know, abroad. Yeah. And living abroad, for the most part, uh, the reason why. Right. Um, you so, know. So we'll see what happens, but who knows if uh, I, I, <laughs> I guess will play again in a WSOP tournament you know, or not. Well, let's see what happens. I remember that's the one place where I saw him was at the Borgata, uh, Phil Ivey. Right. The one time that I saw him, and everyone kept calling him. Um, right now, I can't remember the, the fake name that he used when he was underage uh, as he walked into the poker room, you know. Um, so... Well, he's had a very interesting life so yeah, far, no question. hasn't he? No question. A uh, couple other tournaments announced by Poker Central. They're going to have a uh, British Poker Open, uh, similar to the U.S. Poker Open. And similar to their Super High Roller Bowl, they're going to have Super High Roller Bowl in London. So uh, that's all coming up. September 2nd through the 12th, will be at the Asper's Casino in London, the British Poker Open. Uh, Buy-ins ranging from 10,000 euros to 100,000 euros. And then the Super High Roller Bowl London will take place also at Asper's Casino. Uh, will run from September 13th through 15th. So they've added that on right away. Uh, just to let you know, uh, we keep an eye on the Player of the Year race. Stephen Chidwick is the leader in that one. He's had uh, 26 final tables this year, won five titles in cash for nearly $10 million along the way. Uh, Steve uh, Dario Sammartino is uh, vaulted up to sixth place on the list he, with his second place finish in the World Series of Poker. Uh, Hossein Ensan, you may be wondering where he stands with his ten thousand or his uh, ten million dollar win at the World Series of Poker. He is now eleventh in the Player of the Year race. Joseph Chong had a good series; he's up to thirteenth. 
And then uh, Brandon Adams is in 20th. So we'll keep an eye on all that. Bryn Kenny was the leader for quite a while on this uh, Player of the Year race. He is now second. Rainer Kempe is third. Jeremy Osmus fourth. And Shannon Shore is fifth. So that gives you an idea of what some of those guys are doing. Of course, the World Series, or I, I should say the uh, Seminole Hard Rock Poker Open, gets underway uh, at the beginning of September or the beginning of August, I should say, and we'll look forward to seeing what's uh, going on there because that will be a big payout. $3 million uh, prize pool is uh, in that one for the World Series, or for the Seminole Hard Rock Poker Open. So um, that's about it for the show. we got a few minutes left. Uh, we'll tell you that the Aussie Millions has uh, extended uh, their dates, which will come out in January. That is uh, at the Crown Poker in Melbourne. Uh, January 4th through the 24th, the main event starting on the 17th. Um, one of the big tournaments, and uh, of course it goes up against the uh, Bahamas tournament, so we'll see what happens with that one. But um, they are uh, battling it out in Melbourne during the month of January. So uh, during the month now, out. are their dates, their extended dates, going to affect the PCA down here? Well, I'm sure it will do something to that, but we'll see. PCA actually moved up in the beginning of January because they didn't want to go up against it. So the Melbourne, <laughs> yeah, because we've had so many of those people just immediately come and head head down there. So uh, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. Well, one, one other interesting story I read, and this is the U.S. government always gets their cut. Uh, the taxes paid uh, in the World Series this year for the final table paid almost twelve million dollars in taxes. Uh, does it have it broken down? It does have it broken down. And uh, Hossein Ensan, uh tax owed on ten million dollars, four million six hundred thousand. Forty six, six hundred four, four point six, almost half. Really? Uh, San Martino was uh, his tax bill, two point five seven million out of six million. Uh, Alex Livingston, not getting away with it because he's in Canada, but uh, he has one point two million dollar tax bill. Out of his four million, Gary Gates, uh, just over a million of his three million. Uh, Nick Marchington, the uh, British uh, player, no taxes. He doesn't have to pay any tax. Why is that? Did well, I don't know what the tax uh, laws say, but uh, they got him listed as zero. He won one point five two five million. So he's the one who came in seventh. Seventh, right? Okay, okay. And uh, all the others are just about, uh, looks like about 40% now. Of course, if you're smart, you keep track of uh, your wins and losses throughout the year, and I think you can claim a lot of the losses versus your wins. So I'm not sure what the final numbers would end up being, but uh, Skirbich uh, owes a, a California re- as a California resident. He's the, uh, the Serbian player that went out in ninth. He has one of the biggest cuts, uh, 47.4% of his $1 million is in taxes with California. So I guess you got state tax out there in addition to... Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, with that kind of money, it's probably somewhere around 15 to 16%, similar to what his uh, Social Security bill would be, but without, without a company paying half of it. And uh, just checking the note here on Marchington, it says uh, the United Kingdom does not tax gambling winnings uh, and... Uh, someone commented and said that's why a lot of the German poker pros have taken up residence in the UK. That's you know, it's a all tax right. haven for them. So, and how much? I'm sorry, I missed. I'm, I'm <laughs> I missed hearing. What did the Americans that came in uh, fourth and fifth? Uh, uh, Gary Gates won three million, has to pay one million fifty thousand. So thirty three percent. And okay. Kevin Maz uh, won two point two million and has to pay eight hundred seventy thousand. A little over a third there himself. Right. So about the same with all these guys. Zen Kai from uh, Lake Worth uh, seven hundred six thousand on his one point eight five million in winnings. So. Yep. Well, listen. <laughs> it's hard to imagine you win ten million and they're taking almost half of it from you. Right. So, but I'd rather be in that condition, in that position, than than, than anything else. So. And I think the other thing you have to think about is, you know, a lot of these guys have backers, so we have no idea really how much. Well, they're the on backers, the backers. Well, the backers know that they got to pay those those taxes. The backers are going to get paid on the final number. Backers are going to get paid on that final number. Right, exactly. You know, 
And um, but and they'll have to pay taxes too. They'll, I guess they get not uh, if if it's all paid out already. I mean, think about it. Your taxes are if let's say you had a fifty percent backer, right? So ten million that he paid four point six million. So that leaves you with five point four. Fifty percent. That guy's going to get two point seven. Yeah. Means the taxes are already taken out of uh, there. Wow. So I mean that uh, that's a simple way of doing it. Whatever their personal arrangements are are different as far as that's concerned. Um, it could work out that way because you know you can write off losses against that money. Right. So it all depends on how far they go up and down the uh, the the string as to you know if the backer wants to use that money. I say listen. Declare me for the whole five million, and I'll pay my own taxes because I'm going to get more of that back. Because at this point, if the other one declares losses against the ten million, he's going to start getting some of that four point six back in his tax returns. Right, right. So, okay. Well, that's going to do it uh, for the show tonight. Appreciate uh, being with us, and uh, we'll look forward to uh, talking with some of these players uh, over at the uh, Seminole Hard Rock in the next couple of weeks, and we'll be happy to uh, get to some of that stuff on the air. That's going to do it for us, Gio. Thank you for everything as usual. Joe, thank you. And uh, we'll be back with another show next week here on Poker Action Line. The views and opinions of the hosts, guests, or callers are not necessarily those of the station, its owners, advertisers, or agencies. 